Hi and welcome to the podcast, you're having tea with Alice. Uh, happy Christmas for everyone who celebrates it and happy Christmas for everyone who doesn't. Uh, it's it's going to have affected your life one way or the other. Uh, I hope you have a new, good New Year's plans. Remember not to make many plans. <laughs> I think that's the best way to go with New Year's is expect it to be just fine and uh, don't don't ask too much of it. It is just a day slash night like any other night uh, with a slightly higher chance of being vomited on or punched by a stranger so always good to keep that in perspective thank you everybody who emailed me alicerfraser at gmail.com thank you all my patreons it's been such a wonderful thing to have you guys on board this year and um, when I say on board I'm not a ship I mean helping me thank you for helping me you help me it's nice it's really nice and that said i've got a couple of really cool episodes coming up in the next few weeks stay tuned leave a uh, five star rating if you would like to do that if you don't want to do that you don't have to do that on itunes recommend it to your friends if you like it if you think it's the kind of thing that they would also like i know it is not the kind of thing that everybody likes so if you prefer something a little bit lighter i have another podcast it's called hot take pod and it's a about the news and it's really dumb and fun so if you if you find tea with alice heavy going but you still like my dulcet tones maybe try that for a change uh, of pace that's all i think that i wanted to say i can do i might do a wrap-up of the year at some point in the next day or so or i might not uh see how i feel see how you feel email me uh tweet me at alliterative a-l-i-t-e-r-a-t-i-v-e That's how I spell it, right? All right. This is Tessa Waters. You're having tea with Alice. I'm drinking uh, very high-quality matcha green tea, and I'm here with Tessa Waters. Hello. It's delicious. It's pretty Very green. It's the most green green tea I've had, I think. That's because it's the best, Mm -hmm. and it will turn you into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. Excellent. Um, but yes, what were you saying? Um, I was saying I, that I have many opinions, but I, but my opinions change really rapidly and talking about the idea of like the, I don't know, the, um, the, the kind of the, not pointlessness, but when people just like put out sort of statuses talk like mainly, mainly in Facebook and how that's kind of become a bit of a culture of how people have ideas Mm. online and interact, um, is like, they just put out this sort of statement. Yeah, and it's and not then, a, hey, cha- tell me where I'm my, yeah. I've got my thinking wrong. As opposed to, like, when you have a conversation with someone, you're like, oh, I was thinking this, and they're like, oh, but I thought this. and So, I yeah, I kind of, I, I can never bring myself to do those big, like, statements. Because also I sit down, I sit down to write it, and then I have those conversations in my head. Like, for example, recently with the, um, you know, the shootings in Paris, and, you know, I wanted to put something up to sort of, you know, sympathise with what was going on, but then, you know, you then look at the bigger picture and what's happening in the world and what's happening elsewhere, so I'm like, well, I have to include that, and then, so I just sort of go further and further into it, I'm like, I'm just not going to say anything, and well, I'm just going to be like, you know, I hope the people that I know in Paris are okay, you know, and yeah. connect with the people that I know and love, and not make this big, like, you know solidarity but even as I'm saying that this is the problem with my opinions <laughs> I'm saying that I'm never going to do a status update I think it's really nice to be able to like 
you know express solidarity. Express something. Yeah. I do. I think <laughs> it's dangerous when um, you the expression of your outrage or emotion becomes the outlet that satisfies your outrage. Yeah, it's like, oh, tick done. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm furious. pray for Paris. Yeah. Job done. <laughs> yeah, I feel furious and helpless and outraged. I'm going to express that and that's enough. Mm. Like it's this weird kind of, I think it comes from probably like psychotherapy or something, this idea yeah. that if you express your emotions that solved the problem yeah oh yeah. yes i've always been angry with my father and that is going to resolve Job done it's no, not now you're really angry with yeah, yeah. yeah now you have to fix it now you have to think well what do i need to do do i need to talk to my dad or do i need to set boundaries or do i need to do you think that's like the culture i, I have a feeling that this is what i was thinking today is that i was starting to get really overwhelmed with uh the images in the news the, like the fact that you scroll through facebook and like you know, one post is like horrific pictures of dead babies in Syria. Um, the next thing is a cat video, which I laugh at because yeah. I love cat videos. The next one is like someone spouting, you know, some pretty awful things. The next one is like someone, you know, getting angry about the latest, you know, feminism slash patriarchy thing that's happening. And then it's just, it's just this constant flow and really schizophrenic of like jumping from yeah. one like thing to the other and I was just so fucking overwhelmed with it it's like someone's curating your mental illness yeah just, like, and I'm like I wonder like and I just started getting really down about the world and the state of the world and where we're all going and and that and feeling that sort of like I don't want to just um I don't I, I felt very helpless for one and I felt very privileged and kind of and lame because I was like, fuck, I'm just this, you know, middle-class white person living in a very, very peaceful country who's allowed to have a career in comedy and, you know, only have to work a couple of months a year and then get to, like, tour around and dance till 3am with my friends and make people laugh. So, like, how do I justify that existence while all of this stuff is going on? And I think, you know, you can, I, I can get a little bit bogged down in that sort of full-on kind of I had a, a doom gloom. A great friend on this podcast a couple of months ago. His name's Greg Dickens. Mm-hmm. I was talking about a similar thing, and he is a—he's an inventor and like a crazy brain. Um, and his his thing was that those sliders go both ways into infinity. So yeah. this idea that you're minuscule in the face of these giant problems is true, but it's equally true that you're massive in the scale of other people's. Life. Yeah. So to your friends or to the people who love you, you are the world and your kindness or cruelty controls their emotional state. Mm. And so it's sort of, it's sort of a weird, um, I think it's simultaneously a good thing to think, what can I do? Can I do more? But and also then, a weird yeah. arrogance of like, well, I should be it, fixing the it world. Leads, I think in a way it leads to apathy if you kind of get totally overwhelmed and then just, uh, you know, overwhelm yourself into complete inaction. And yeah, so, because like, everything's problematic. Yeah, and so you just have to like, I, and it was funny. I was having all this this, this crisis coming up. I actually just seen Hunger, the final Hunger Games, <laughs> <laughs> and like the end of that film, there's like this really horrific sort of bombing scene, and all these babies die. And it's like, and I'd just seen the Syrian like images that day, and I was like, fuck, the world is fucked. Uh, and then kind of got in this real mood about it. And then as I was coming home, I was walking up my street. 
and this little kid down the road had like left out a box of toys saying you know please you know if any Aww. kids need toys take these and I was just like what oh god the world is- it's gonna be okay <laughs> But it was just this perfect example of like you know global local kind of yeah. Well, do what what can you do, and then do mm. the thing that you can do, and then do the next thing, rather than going. I can't fix the world. I can't do anything. Mm. I felt this way. Uh, this whole problematic thing, I think, is one of the most upsetting ones where people who are really good and benevolent problematize things because they're not perfect. Yeah. So, um, for example, I used to do work for, and I still occasionally do pro bono work for um, the a, a particular. I'm going to try and cut out names. Um, an Aboriginal housing thing. Mm-hmm. So it was just me doing legal work for no money for people in this kind of housing. Yeah. And then you just keep thinking, well. Who am I to be saying that I can help these people or solve their problems? Surely they should be allowed to solve their own problems. And then you go, on the other hand, this person needs a house and doesn't know how to read a lease. And yes, it's not fair that they don't have the education that I have. Yes, it's not fair they didn't get to go to law school. But I did, and I can fix this problem. Yeah. So I should fix this problem and then think about the internalised racism of me yeah. fixing their problem later yeah. once I've actually fixed the problem that yeah. I can fix. Yeah. But it was that thing where there were people who would just not do that work because they felt that it was colonialist. Yeah. And it sort of is, but also that person needs somewhere to sleep. And I guess it's that, yeah, it's that, that local change. It's very much about being in the moment and kind of saying, what, you know, what does this moment need right now? What does this person need? Their family needs somewhere to live. How can I help? And also, maybe just having those, having that crisis is also good because then you're thinking about how your your actions are in relation to that person and that person's needs, and um, yeah, and just which continues the conversation and continues the thinking, and you having that conversation with someone else in your field, you know, like questioning that. I think is is the point, maybe. Yeah, this idea that. providing immediate solutions can be papering over a bigger problem and maybe you should let the bigger problem happen and then there has to be a real solution I think is a it's a very privileged way to think actually yeah because in real terms someone needs a place to sleep yeah totally and a door to close and a somewhere to call their own yeah tonight yeah it's fine that whole idea of just like yeah inaction or doing something and every every action that you do is connected to you know history and a and a um, your culture, your race, your you know your gender, and you can't you don't do anything in isolation sort of thing. So how do you do anything? Yeah. Do you just like sit in a room like I won't do anything? But then even me as a white woman sitting in a room my own, oh god, that's something. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and exactly, and then you find this with like feminism, and there's a current thing mm. about like guys who want to participate in feminism yeah. should just back off. Yeah. And I don't like that. I think I think like part of being a human is the capacity to empathize and imagine and understand other people's problems. Yeah. And if you say you're not allowed to contribute to this discourse because you don't have it's a kind of vagina. Anti-you. Yeah. Or not even that anymore because you don't identify as a woman. Yeah. I find that such an interesting thing because I'm 
feminism in itself has had so many different waves and has had and so often like um the different kind of camps i guess contradict each other or fight and that in itself is really good because you know it, it we're always asking you know is this what feminism is about do you know are we doing enough is it about pay or is it about domestic violence or is it just about gender or is it you know so that's all kind of good but um i find that I just feel like everyone talking about it is a good thing. I don't feel like if you want a movement to move forward and for change to happen, surely the more people that talk about it and the more people that are genuinely interested in trying to move forward yeah. and to make things better for everyone is a good thing. Yeah. Um, I do. It's funny sometimes when you talk to... I, I, what was funny having Edinburgh this year when we were both there? Is that I got chatted up with feminism? Oh, <laughs> I was oh. like, really? It was like this guy. I was showing this guy in a bar, and he started using like his knowledge of feminism as like a chat up line. Oh, gross! And it was like, do you even know? And it was he was using it to kind of come across as this really, you know, enlightened kind of you know open minded guy who was. Uh, but the way he was doing it was just so obviously creepy. <laughs> So transparent and oh, I was gross. like, oh, dude, you're missing the point. Um, so that in that way, shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know? But like I've had friends who sort of say, you know, I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm meant to say this or am I doing this wrong or how do I approach this? And I'm more than happy to have that conversation. It's not my job to teach them mm. or to educate them, but they're also my friend. And if I was like asking, I don't know. Are you a vegan? Can you eat this? Yeah. I'd want them to tell me. Yeah. Well, I mean, also... Yeah, it isn't... I I get the the kind of, it's not my job to educate you stance, but also, if you want to change the world, it is your job to educate. Like, that's part of the project of changing the world, is patiently explaining to person after person after person why they should be on board with changing the world. Like, that's... That's the fight. Yeah. It's interesting, you know how um, Matthew Okine recently at the, what was it, the APRA Awards? Or the uh, Ac- yeah, APRA, the APRA. APRA, yeah. APRA Awards. He won Best Comedy Album yeah. of the Year. And in his acceptance speech, he um, used that speech to kind of voice the fact that there's a big lack of female representation in mm. the awards, which is true. And in the comedy industry in general. And it, was, it went, went viral, and then there was lots of articles about who the female comedians are that are doing well, and um, that was, you know, great and everything. But at the same time, the cynic in me, or maybe not the cynic, maybe it's just... Anyway, I thought, it's just interesting that when the guys start talking about it, it's much bigger news than when the girls <laughs> start talking about it, yeah. which in and of itself is really patriarchal. Like it's just... It is patriarchal, but it's also... And like this is why you have a problem if you tell if you tell guys that they can't talk about women's issues, is that it's better when everyone's talking yeah. about it. It's better when it's a problem for everyone. Yeah. And I mean, the first thing I thought when Matt said that was, "Oh, this is a mainstream issue now." Yeah. <laughs> because Matt is like he's a you know he's on mainstream radio and his jokes are never. They're always personal and interesting and engaging, but they're never hugely controversial. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is interesting because it's 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 close enough to the centre that he can say that without 
threatening his job or his image. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's becoming way more... And, and the discussion is... Not that he wasn't taking on some risk, obviously, but... Yeah. No, yeah, it's true. It's... That's... This, this is the whole thing of, like, can't put an opinion out on the internet. Because I, cause as soon as I start talking about, oh, yeah, look at this side. And then look at this side. And then look at this side. And this side. Um... But it's interesting from that, I got, I got called a feminist comedian in an in a article off the back of that. Oh, interesting. Um, and I got really annoyed at being called a feminist comedian because when I first started out in comedy 10 years ago, I was called a female comedian because that's what we were all called. <laughs> and it was very, the discussion back then was very much, are women, can women be funny? And that was, those articles every freaking festival. Um, and you'd have to be justifying yourself all the time. And then slowly over time that's changed to look at how many great women are in the festival to um, we really need to su- how do we support more growth in in getting more women in the festival because that, and like and now it's more like you know let's just it's time like just you know get people out there so that's definitely changed um, but I feel like for me it will have gotten it will be done when we're, when it's just comedian Tessa Waters not female not feminist not clown not like just comedian just because you don't call Matthew O'Kine masculine comedian or... No. Or, you know, he's just a... Com- like, he's just a radio presenter and comedian. Like, there's no thing before that, you know? Yeah, there's no uh, qualifier. Yeah. Which is... As I mentioned, his race or his gender or anything. It's just... This is what yeah, is. even yeah. though those things do play a part in yeah. his comedy. Of because everyone's do. personal... My stuff is totally... It's, it's, a lot of it's got a big feminist bent to it because I am a woman and I am a feminist. Yeah. And that's what I'm interested in. But it's not... It doesn't make me a flag-waving, only allowed to talk about feminism, feminist comedian, you know, like... Yeah, that, that kind of... That stuff becomes quite limiting. Mm. And I, do, I feel like almost... I mean, I do have some material that is uh, feminist-y, um, but... I always think that just being funny is yeah, that's the, the fight. Yeah, that's the fight that we're having. Is if you can be funny, then you've done the job. Yeah, you that's can... comedy. Is it funny? Yes, no. That's it. That's the activism, as it were. Mm. But yeah, do you like fighting? Do you like arguing? Uh, I don't like like I like when people call me on my bullshit, and I like calling other people on their bullshit. I love that. Like, I love having a really passionate discussion about something. I don't like, like, angry arguing, you know, especially with people people who are aggressive and they kind of turn things around on you and, like, you forget what you were talking about in the first place. So they're kind of manipulative arguing. I'm just like, no, I walk away from that. But, yeah, I really like a good, passionate kind of discussion about something. Yeah. For sure. Because you can smash... Yeah, you can... I think uh, the sign of a good idea is that you can bash it around a bit. Yeah. You know, like hit it with a bat a few times and throw it up against a wall and then you see which bits kind of flake off and which bits are a little bit, you know. <laughs> yeah, and you're, you know, and you have to justify your opinion a bit more and you have to kind of really think about why it is your opinion and kind of go into it more. And and, uh, and I just think it's, it's, again, it's not being passive. It's not being, um, it's being involved in life and being in amongst it, in the mud and like getting into it as opposed to going, oh, it's fine, it's fine. No, it's fine. It's not fine. <laughs> I can say, I can hear it's not fine yours. So let's talk about it. Let's let's discuss. Yeah. Yeah. Like get it out. I'm a big I'm a big believer in like saying what's on your mind for sure. Passive aggressive I just cannot deal with. Yeah, it's interesting. I or I poke at it. More to the point. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't. I'm naturally very conflict averse, mm. and part of growing up for me has been like 
forcing myself to have difficult conversations rather than there's a kind of a Buddhist arrogance that I was brought up with, which is if you can swallow it, it's your job to swallow it. If you like, if you feel like you can not be angry at something that is infuriating, then it's your job to deal with it, process it, absorb it, uh, metabolize it and neutralize it rather than making there be a fight. And so part of kind of moving a little bit away from where, how I was brought up is to go, actually, no, this is not on me. This is on you. You need to fix it. And also, like, it doesn't have to be a fight either. Like, yeah, voicing your needs in a situation doesn't have to come from aggression. It's just, it, can, it can be just going, well, you know, that just, what you just said is making me feel like crap because it was mean or... Yeah, and also it's... You, it's very easy to fool yourself into thinking that you're okay. I think a lot of mm. passive aggression comes from a very positive place where someone thinks they're okay with it, mm. but they're clearly fucking not. <laughs> <laughs> I think, okay, some passive aggression is like a really abusive, manipulative, yeah. horrible, and it yeah, comes and from a bad place. Yeah, some of it's martyrdom, you know, when yeah. that, you sort of... Smugness, but I think off. Not often, I don't know how many, I can't even talk to percentage points here, but I think sometimes passive aggression is just genuinely someone who thought that they were, that that they could be okay with something that was a little bit annoying, and somehow it's built up to, like, lava rage, (laughs) and it came from the best place. When, you know, I've got mates who sort of, yeah, kind of go, look, I'm not, I'm not going to be aggressive, I'm not, you know, it's not my job, it's up to this person to come to me, and to apologise for that moment. Because that really hurt me that moment, you know. So I was up to, I'm not going to bring it up. It's up to them to come to me. And yet, they'll just stop talking to that person. Or they'll, like, it'll get super tense and super... And it would can, can lead to, like, a total disru- destruction of a friendship. Whereas if you just say in the moment... Well, Dude, that was that out of was line. Fuck. Like, yeah. well, that was totally out of line. Like, or, or even, like, if you don't have... No, why? Just be like, I even just feel really hurt by what you just said. Yeah. Why did, you know, and that will actually, I feel like that's being grown up is, is owning, owning your own emotions and your own feelings. Cause you can only ever like change what you do and how you react to something. You can only ever have power over yourself. You can't have power over someone else. But if you don't, you know, like it's like if someone's hitting you repeatedly, if you just go, oh no, I can take it. You know, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, I just internalize it and I'll just focus that pain somewhere or could be like, hey, stop hitting me. Yes, and also... Why are you hitting me? <laughs> you're doing them kind of a disservice if yeah. you don't tell them because what if they don't know that you're, they're hitting you? Yeah. Or they think you would like to be hit because they like to be hit. Like, there are... And we all get in those kind of, like, massively kind of uh, internalised spaces when we're going through shit, you know, when we're having bad times or something's happening in life that's, that's not great. And so you do we all have that capacity to kind of totally internalise and then lash out and, like, project our stuff onto other people. And it's up to your friends and loved ones to be like, hey, yeah. you kind of, are you, like, what's happening underneath what all this is, what's going on, because, Yeah, you know. I think my tendency to flee um, is probably not a good one when it comes to that stuff. People calling me on my bullshit yeah. doesn't happen because if I'm upset, I'll just leave or go away. Like, yeah go somewhere else, go to a different country, go to a different city. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, I'm like, I'm like, get out, eject a seat. <laughs> very successfully <laughs> run away from a lot of my problems. Yeah. It only doesn't, like, it only doesn't work if you're the problem. Yeah. 
Like if if your problem is actually with yourself, yeah, then, <laughs> then you can't running away from that, yeah. doesn't work because wherever you and go, I think I, I often find like especially like certain personalities. You know, have you, do you ever find like you come across the same kind of personalities no matter where you go, and you and they really like those ones that really annoy you or like you just and I I'm a big believer in like there's something I keep coming across that particular asshole because. I obviously haven't learned how to, you know... Deal with that. Deal with that, yeah. And either learn how to, like, just not engage them, see them coming, or, you know, work through it. (laughs) It's like that, um, what was that uh, movie with Tom Cruise? uh, Tomorrow War... Oh, yeah, 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 the... I'm thinking, not Minority Reports. The replay one. Yeah, yeah, where he's like, gets killed and he has to do it again and again and again and again. Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that. That's, uh... Totally. In in life, um, rebirth. Yeah. <laughs> Just doing yep, playing it playing it until you figure the mm. the pattern out. I do think that I think also you tend to fall into like into roles. Like I find this in every pairing, there's someone who'll walk out onto the road and someone who'll pull them back. Yeah. And with some, I mean, with some people, I'm the person who'll walk out onto the road and they'll pull me back. And with other people, I'm the one who's like, whoa, 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 it's yeah. traffic. Yeah, yeah. But you don't, you don't designate those roles at the beginning of the conversation. You just yeah, they just kind of happen. Don't shuffle they? into them, and that's yeah, it's a natural occurrence. Yeah. Some people who you complain to, and some people who complain to you. Yeah, totally. Endlessly fascinating. I love it. That's why I love traveling so much. Like you get that, you just come across people all the time and you know you meet new amazing people all the time and you meet assholes all the time (laughs) what do you think is the worst downside of having traveled so much for you um because you've been on the road for four years yeah i I think i guess like the lack i I always think it's it's not having your own space like Mm -hmm. your own ability when you have that ability to shut a door and to be in your pajamas all day if you want to amazing thing or like if you're sick to actually just be allowed to be sick like you know when you've got a cold and you've got to kind of keep working through it if you're traveling if you're staying on a friend's couch or you can't just be sick and recover you always have to be sort of the guest and you know yeah i uh i will now pay for a room rather than stay with a friend yeah because of that yeah because i know like particularly if it's a festival yeah if I can't, like, wake up late and be in my own head... Yeah, sleep when you need. If I'm a guest, I will make I will make you breakfast. I will be, you know, I'll do the shopping. I'll make sure everything's neat. I'll, yeah. like... I, I, I see guesting as a kind of an active duty. Yeah, totally. And it kind of is because you're in someone else's space and that's respecting them, yeah. Whereas if I can pay whatever it is at the yeah. night and have a door that I can shut and, and people yeah. that I can... If, if, if it's not my own place that I can just ignore everyone mm. without being seen as rude because it's a transaction. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's, it's, That's a golden thing. Yeah, because the other, otherwise the transaction is happening but neither of you have acknowledged it. It's naturally passive-aggressive. The transaction is by its nature a passive-aggressive one because mm. it's all unspoken. Yeah. I mean, they wouldn't tell you that you need to be perky and friendly. No. But if you don't, they'll resent it. Totally. And, like, I think I'm having done a lot of couch surfing, I reckon two weeks is the maximum. That's, like, the golden time uh-huh. that you can crash at a friend's house. 
yeah. or that I can crash it for a time. After two weeks, no matter how amazing the friendship is, no matter how generous everyone has been, no matter how wonderful it's been, people just want their space back and you just want to want to move on. And it's just like it gets to that. It's just, I don't know, it just seems to be this it's a break golden point. time. So I'm like, I always keep around 10 days maximum. And then I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. See you. Yeah. yeah. Here's a bottle of wine, move on. Actually, I, I was thinking about that lady just in regards to um, what we talking about before, like the idea of just, you know, the Syrian refugee crisis at the moment is like the biggest refugee crisis in ever? No, maybe not ever, but definitely in the last hundred years. For a while, yeah. Um, and that's what, I, that's what I was thinking of, like that sort of personal space thing, of like not on top of your house being blown up, on top of your family, family. being killed, yeah. on top of your life. Change, like being destroyed um not being able to like close a door yeah and just deal have a moment to deal with that i think that would be one of the most psychologically damaging like or that would be like such a massive yeah not having a, thing. a place like place is important to people in a way and i think part of the reason why i am sort of semi-nomadic i can pack everything up and leave there's nothing that i can't walk away from other than maybe my banjo, because that's my well was my mum's and stuff. Yeah, there's nothing that I own that I couldn't walk away from, and never feel its lack. Yeah, and that's important to me, and I think it's partly because of, you know, my family history and and having that kind of refugee situation in the past where you think, well, you don't want to need that. Yeah, because you might not have that. Yeah. Mm. But then, yeah, I think it would be so awful. You have to go to a new place. You have to find a home. You have to build a new life. You have to learn a new language. You have to get a job. You have to look after your family. Mm -hmm. And then someone's a dick to you in the street. Like Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's an amazing post about the one guy saying, you know, he was a... You know, he'd lost everything. He'd also lost his young daughter in the boat ride over to Greece and, like... It's a horrific story, like one of million or one of thousands at the moment. And then he got to the refugee camp in Greece <clears throat> and he went, like it was the first time they'd really stopped from since like running mm. for about three weeks or something. And he went outside and held up his smartphone to try and get reception because he'd taken his phone and his charger with him like he would. And someone like walked past and was like going, oh my God, you know, they're not in trouble. He's got a fucking smartphone. <laughs> And just that sort of sense of you can't, like, people's judgment of, like, how you should be as a, as yeah. a refugee or, or even, if anything, like, how you should be as, if, while you're grieving or how you should be as, like, someone who's just dumped someone or how you should be as, like, just that sort of, like, other people's ideas ideas of, like, how you should be reacting to something. Particularly or something. how people should be poor. Mm. The classic one of... of you know, oh, there's a poor family and they've got a TV. They're not that poor, yeah. They mustn't be that poor. And you go, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, part of being poor is is not being able to, not having the education to manage money. And another part of being poor is that you're also just a person who wants to do pe- person things and the things yeah. that the people around you are doing. Exactly, that make you feel human and part of society. No one tells you you're not allowed to have 
a television. Yeah. Because you're making less than X amount. Like, that's not the society we live in. People are allowed to spend the money that they have on whatever the hell they want. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you're allowed to do it when you have all the money, why can't you do it when you have hardly any money? Surely then that's, like, what counts. What you've got in front of you is, like, what you value, you know? Yeah, that idea that, you know, oh, they're they're just going to spend it on drugs and alcohol. Well, what are you going to spend it on? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing late tonight? Meeting some friends for drinks? Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, amongst all of this, like, mess of weather, well, I, there's, so, for some reason, when I think about uh, the the fact that, you know, we're really killing the earth and that, like, every, everything's kind of going to shit, it kind of brings me peace that the human race is going to die out. I know that <laughs> sounds really morbid and terrible. Yeah. But... I don't know, I just sort of feel like, I'm okay with that. I am totally okay with us just, you know, we've only, like, considering all the other uh, life forms that have lived on this planet, we are like a nanosecond, like the human race is a nanosecond. Yeah. And we're not going <laughs> to last very long, I don't think, because we're dumb. We're dumb. And we're just so destructive. It's true, And I we're think... self-imploding. I feel that way about the panda. <laughs> So I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. I've never thought of how... <laughs> what do you mean? Well, you know, the, the amount of, like, conservation resources that go to the panda... Yeah, just compared to, to any, Just to keep alive. that poor bastard alive when they can't digest the only food they eat and they won't fuck. <laughs> like, let them go. <laughs> they want to go. They don't... Like, yeah, they don't exactly. Even... They're trying to go. They're the, the last ones of a long line of evolution that just... Other things have evolved past the panda point. Yeah, they're not. They're not. They're <laughs> not that keen on sticking around. Like, so I feel. Well, what I feel like I kind of like I'm kind of okay if. I mean, I don't. I believe in looking after. You know, low. I believe in all the things of like being a good person and you know, recycle your stuff and all that. You know, totally do that. But you know. Macro level. I'm also level. totally okay that if we're gonna be so arrogant that we destroy everything then it's okay if we go we go yeah on a macro level we are shitting where we eat exactly and that's not a hygienic and it will only take about um i don't did you see that there's this thing about uh chernobyl like the the site of chernobyl Mm. that they thought that it was going to take a lot longer for for nature and and animals to kind of reassert themselves and they've done it way quicker <laughs> and it's like a thriving ecology there now yeah it's still oh, really contaminated yeah. yeah but you know maybe that's it's... they're hanging out they're having a good time they've all got like crazy lumps and you know but it's there's true. lots of them yeah if they if they and manage the to there. survive so figure out a way of doing it yeah that's sort of hopeful as well also i mean we are pretty good at like sticky taping things together mm. like that's the that's what i feel is the good quality solution. of being like yeah. yeah we're not going to fix it everything the water table is going to rise but then we're just going to put milk crates under everything yeah like and live for another 50 years you yeah. know well that's it i mean it's about that doom or gloom thing you know you can look at the world and how fucked it is and how um destructive we're being to it and also i guess how what what messages we're shown as well. On the other side, you can see how amazing the human race is and how fast we are evolving at the moment, especially with technology and how that's happening. And we can't even conceive of how 
things will change. I'm sure people in the industrial era were like, oh my god, all this coal, we're fucked. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna yeah, totally we're... like, you know, suffocate within ten years. God. And then something else, you know. So the air was catching fire and stuff. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's not good. It's not okay. People were just being killed. Yeah, but wasn't that there was a phase with those smogs in London where just Toxic a whole smog, yeah, yeah, to- people would just die. Because they yeah. were sitting at home and the air got into the house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've seen that thing of the artist in China who went through Beijing with a vacuum cleaner and he oh. walked around Beijing for four days with a vacuum cleaner and then he made a brick out of what he got into the bag. Whoa. He just held up his vacuum cleaner to the air that's, and made a solid brick. That's kind of the worst <laughs> and best thing I've heard yeah. for a long time. That's amazing. Oh, man. So where can people find you online? Online, um, I'm at Tessa Waters Comedy, TessaWaters.com, I'm on the Facebooks and the Instas and the Twitters, all of the things. All of the things, yeah. And you, uh, I didn't see your thing last night, I was going to go, is this a yeah. non-character thing? or is Yeah, it this is just me. Wow. So yeah, the first time I was doing a show just as me, which is terrifying. In ten years. In ten years. I think I've done like gigs and stuff, but I've generally always done a character or like a theatre, like a more theatre kind of comedy stuff. So the, the idea for the challenge for this show is to just be me. Wow. And, How did um, it feel? It was terrifying, but it went really well. So then I was like, oh, this is great. I can just hang out. And then I'm suddenly like, it's just opening up all these ideas, which is awesome. So Of not having to carry a lot of shit around as well. Yeah. There's a bonus to that. Exactly. And not have to have, you know, hairspray in my hair. Like, and not be able to, like, I mean, Edinburgh didn't wash my hair for like a month because I had all that hairspray in from the massive beehive that women's has. <laughs> Knowing me, I'll just do it anyway. <laughs> Why not, if you can? But no, it was great fun. I'm really looking forward to it. It's, it's definitely the silliest show I've written. And, and a few people have been asking me, you know, what is a show about? And, you know, Woman's was kind of this feminist clown show. You're a feminist comedian. What is this show about? It's, it's not about anything. It's, it's just stand It's joyously up. not about anything. And that itself is a statement sometimes yeah. of like, yeah, we can just have fun. It's just fun show it's just a dumb fun show that's uh, awesome excellent cool uh, thank you for having tea with me thank you very much Do you know her or do you not? This often may-